Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and night. You are now listening to Greg Talks. My name is Greg. I am 19 years old and currently a student at Community College. Today, I'm going to talk about Maslow's hierarchy. But first, let me tell you a little bit about who Abraham Maslow is. So Abraham Maslow, um, he starts out with this quote saying that the story of the human race is the story of men and women selling themselves short. Very powerful quote. So, the modern era gave birth to a new field of research, the study of human behavior, or psychology as it is called. Other psychologists back in the day did not really focus on what made people happy or unhappy. They just said, if something's wrong with you, then we need to like open you up and figure out what's wrong with you so you can get back to acting quote-unquote normal. Other psychologists back in the day did not focus on that sort of, uh, you know, the psychological aspect. One of the earliest psychologists to focus attention on happy individuals and their psychological trajectory was Abraham Maslow, as he is now known for his uh, hierarchy of needs, which I'm going to get into later. Uh, Being inspired from the work of Erich Fromm, who was a humanistic psychologist, Maslow insisted that the urge for self-actualization is deeply entrenched in the human psyche. However, only once the powerful needs for food, security, and love and self-esteem are satisfied can one fully attain self-actualization. So through this hierarchy of needs, Maslow combined the ideals of earlier psychologists like Sigmund Freud, who focused on the more basic human instincts, and he combined... uh, his mentor's ideology, um, Erich, who worked on more of the upbeat um, senses for human desire for happiness, and put them together um, um, in his hierarchy of needs. Uh, human life, he mentioned that human life will never be understood unless its highest aspirations are taken into account. And he was one of the few individuals that understood that. So Abraham Maslow essentially made self-fulfillment and the study of happiness a central part of his life's work. Uh, In a break from other experts of his time, he definitely wanted to understand what motivated the great people of history and to understand human potential over everything else. He wanted to know what humans were capable of within their healthiest versions of themselves. So just a little bit of background on Abraham Maslow in terms of his personal life. Um, he did studies in psychological health and happiness and found that they were rooted in a surprisingly sad and frustrating early life. Uh, his father was frequently absent physically as well as emotionally, while Abraham definitely expressed a lot of hatred towards his mother calling her a schizophrenic uh, and an ignorant and cruel person. He was largely socially isolated as a Jew in a non-Jewish community, and while he was later tested um, at an IQ level of 195, he did find himself on academic probation during his freshman year of college, which he left only to go on to quit law school and then after a few weeks at a Cornell University, um, he uh, didn't stay. But fortunately for us, a series of experiments redirected the course of Maslow's life. Uh, he gained a sense of purpose, a mission, and a profound optimism that would color all of his theories and 
his works. So as I mentioned before, Maslow definitely um, had um, wanted to go against a lot of traditional psychologies that uh, Sigmund Freud had employed in the earlier days of the study of psychology. Uh, so a lot of his theories were essentially very um, optimistic about human nature and what humans were capable of. His theories kind of threw out, um, you know, more traditional means, and they grew more from his intuitive hunch that deep down human nature is good or neutral and not just inherently bad or evil. Uh, he thought that Freudian psychologists, they placed too much emphasis on human weakness, obscuring a deeper understanding of psychological health. And he said this would be, in some sense, throwing out the baby with the bathwater because how are you going to um, identify what's wrong with a person and not really um, know what motivates them or anything that drives them to do what they want to do within their lives? Um, so henceforth, Maslow felt that psychoanalysis and its emphasis on neuroses had its place, yet he did intend his studies on happiness and health to complement those of the established schools of psychology, and so he turned his attention towards what he saw as the best and brightest in human history and society in order to determine uh, human potential. And from this point onwards of departure, um, he went on to uh, create Maslow's Hierarchy. Now, uh, before I get into Maslow's hierarchy, just to discuss like um, about psychology. So I did recently take a psychology class, and when we did go over like Maslow's hierarchy, um, you know, it definitely uh, made me feel really bad though for all those people in the past though who kind of like had to get their head opened or uh, go through a lot of inducing torture because people back in the day just did not really get what was wrong with them, though. And I find it, it's not even funny, though, but it's just really stupid, though, that people thought, oh, if I, like, take out a part of your brain or do a lobotomy, that it's going to, like, fix you, though. Because in all their infinite wisdom, they didn't think by taking out, like, a part of their brain it was going to affect their personality in any way. I mean, that's just dumb. L looking back on it, of course, they didn't have the science to know that that was wrong. But still, you would. why would they even try to attempt to fix a person like that? I don't know. It's just really, really baffling to me. Um, but anyway, getting on to uh, Maslow's hierarchy, it's essentially a five-stage model that can be divided into deficiency needs and growth needs. The first four levels are often referred to as deficiency needs, like I mentioned before, which are D needs for short, and the top level is known as growth or being needs or B needs. Deficiencies mainly arise due to deprivation and are said to motivate people when they are unmet. And also the motivation to fulfill those needs will become much stronger the longer the duration that they are denied. Uh, for example, the longer a person goes without food, water, or uh, shelter, the more hungry and the more desperate they're going to be to uh, try to um, be get under a house or uh, more desperate uh, to steal something because those are things that you want and need and if you don't have them, you know, you cannot survive. Maslow initially stated uh, in the year 1943 that individuals must satisfy their lower level 
deficit needs before progressing on to meet higher level growth needs. However, he did later clarify that the satisfaction of needs is not an all or none phenomenon, and he did admit that his earlier statements may have given the um, false impression that they must be satisfied 100% before the next need emerges. So when a deficit need has been more or less satisfied, it will go away. And our activities become habitually directed towards meeting the next set of needs that we have yet to satisfy. These then become our salient needs. However, growth needs continue to be felt and may even become stronger uh, once they have been engaged. So, usually a Maslow's hierarchy is uh, kind of drawn in a five-stage pyramid kind of format. Growth needs do not stem from a lack of something, but rather from a desire to grow as a person. Once these growth needs have been met, uh, one may be able to reach the highest level called self-actualization. Every person is capable, just know that, and every person does have the desire to move up the pyramid toward a level of self-actualization. However, unfortunately, there are a lot of things below that, though, that kind of halt or stunt um, personal and emotional and spiritual growth because those lower those lower levels of the pyramid are not met. Therefore, not everyone will move through the hierarchy in a unidirectional manner, but may move back and forth between the different types of needs, particularly between stages three and two most of the time since humans typically are satisfied with those things and don't really care to go beyond a stage four or five, which I will mention what those stages are later. The original hierarchy of needs five-stage model includes uh, that Maslow stated that people are motivated to achieve certain needs and that some needs take precedence over others. Uh, our most basic need for is for physical survival, and this will be the first thing that motivates our behavior. Once that level is fulfilled, the next level up is what motivates us, and so on. So just to start off with the first level, uh, the first level is uh, dealing with psychological needs, and these are biological requirements for human survival, like air, food, drink, shelter, clothing, warmth, sex, even though sex is kind of can be higher up on the list, you know, but we need it nonetheless, and sleep. Uh, if these needs are not fully satisfied, well, you'll die for one. Uh, Maslow considers psychological needs the most important as all the other needs become secondary until these needs are met. And that should be the case for everybody on this planet. Whether you want to or not, you uh, will make sure that those needs are met. Uh, next level up on the pyramid is safety needs. And this deals with protection from elements, security, order, law, stability, and freedom from, from fear. And as you notice, though, these are uh, more detailed kinds of needs when in protection from elements like um kind of like making sure you don't get sick things like that uh security making sure that you're away from anything that could potentially kill you order uh is kind of like making sure you live in a live in a uh, place where things are kept clean uh nobody is causing any type of chaos or breaking the rules too much that might cause your life to be in any type of d distress Law and stability um, kind of tie into order, and then freedom from fear also ties into that as well. 
The next stage up on the pyramid is love and belongingness needs. So after psychological and safety needs have been fulfilled, the third level of human needs is social and involves feelings of belongingness. The need for interpersonal relationships helps to motivate behaviors, and examples of this obviously include friendship, intimacy, trust, and acceptance, receiving and giving affection and love, and affiliating or being a part of a group, family, friends, and work. Uh, I think this is probably one of the, a lot of people get stuck on this level because a lot of people spend their whole lives trying to find our uh, people that they can be in communion with because we are social creatures at our core. And without this, though, um, we don't think we can really, you know, do a lot. I mean, you can do things on your own, though, but you could do so much more when you're a part of a group. And it also makes you feel safer because you have people to watch your back. Opposed to you're alone and you're going places alone, you're more likely to be in danger or feel like you're in danger. Uh, The next level on Maslow's hierarchy is the esteem needs. Uh, Now Maslow classified uh, the esteem needs into two different categories. So the first category is esteem for yourself or oneself, which deals with your dignity, personal achievements, your mastery of things, and your overall independence. And the second category of the esteem needs deals with the desire for reputation or respect from others, status, and prestige. Uh, Maslow mainly indicated that for the need for respect or reputation is most important for children and teenagers specifically, and precedes real self-esteem or dignity because a lot of teenagers and I would say technically teenagers more so than children um, have more of this problem to where they're extremely self-conscious. A lot of them have social anxiety issues due to the fact they're going through puberty and they're experiencing a lot of hormonal changes that are making them feel emotions and things that they hadn't felt before when they were younger. Um, As far as children go, children do like a lot of attention and they want to be noticed. So, you know, they... They thrive off of um, impressing people or just being in the spotlight. Children love that. And without that, though, they get really sad because nobody's paying attention. Nobody's giving them the time of day. And that's why, like, a lot of babies cry and, like, a lot of children throw fits. It's because you're not giving them enough attention. Uh, And the last um, level, the highest level on the pyramid is the self-actualization. And this deals with realizing personal potential self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth and peak experiences, and overall a desire to become everything one is capable of becoming. Um, This one is definitely uh, a tough one, and only really those who are enlightened can achieve this, or those who have come to a point in their lives where they're all about, they feel like they've reached the peak of what they were meant to do, they feel like they're doing what they wanted to do, and as far as uh, their life at this point, they've dedicated it to helping others. And those are people who have fully reached self-actualization because they're no longer trying to prove to anyone that they're worth anything. They know what they're worth, and they know what they were put on the earth to do. And a lot of people, like I said, they they tend to get stuck on level three because they're too considered. They're, they, they spend most of their lives concerned with what other people want rather than uh, what 
they want, and that's kind of stops a lot of people from fully growing past the stage three. But even if, like, even people at stage four, I mean, a lot of it social esteem, social anxiety issues kind of play a role into why people don't get to five because you're you're still kind of on the cusp of you know becoming a fully confident person. And that's the reason why most people never make it to becoming fully self-actualized. And Maslow position the human needs kind of in an arranged pyramid or hierarchy, like I mentioned. He says here that it is quite true that men or man lives by bread alone when there is no bread. But what happens to man's desires when there is plenty of bread and when his belly is chronically filled or when a person is fully satisfied? At once, other and higher needs emerge, and these, rather than psychological hungers, dominate the living organism. And when these, in turn, are satisfied, again, new and still higher needs emerge, and so on. This is what we mean by saying that the basic human needs are organized into a hierarchy of relative prepotency. So, what he's essentially saying is, like, what happens when um, people don't need anything, though? And that, in turn, plays another role into why people don't become self-actualized. Become, if you become satisfied with where you are in life before you realize what you are put on the planet to do, you're not really self-actualized. You're just kind of holding yourself back by being content because you're too fearful to figure out what you really want from the world and what you want from yourself. Um, and that's what he's essentially saying there. Uh, Maslow goes on to, again, like continue to refine his theory based on the concept of a hierarchy of needs over several decades, spanning from 1943 to 1962 and to 1987. Regarding the structure of his pyramid, Maslow proposed that the order in the hierarchy is not nearly as clear-cut or fully defined as many people may believe. Some of these things can be interchanged, but like overall, it's still... People will people still will fall within those five stages, regardless of how you rearrange it. Self actualization will always be the pinnacle, no matter what. Uh, and he did later on. Maslow noted that the order of needs might be flexible based on external circumstances or individual differences. Uh, for example, he notes that for some individuals, the need for self esteem is more important than the need for love. Um, and I would definitely say I don't agree with that, but for others, the need for creative fulfillment may supersede even the most basic needs. And those are usually the people, like a lot of celebrities will give up everything just to go off and then create art, which I do understand because I'm an artist myself and sometimes I need to be alone. I need to be able to get away from people in order to make something that I deem satisfactory in my eyes. Uh, he also pointed out, Maslow did, that most behavior is multi-motivated and noted that any behavior tends to be determined by several or all of the basic needs simultaneously rather than by only one of them. So overall, um, you know, things to just take away from the hierarchy of needs is that human beings are motivated by stages of needs. It's not ever really clear cut. It's always a multiple variety of things that motivates people to become the people that they're going to become. Uh, needs are organized in a hierarchy of prepotency in which more basic needs need more attention than the higher needs because, like I said before, you need the lower needs in order to survive. 
The order of needs is not rigid, but you can interchange some of the stages. But just know that self-actualization will always be at the forefront. And psychological, not psychological, but physiological needs will always be the first thing that you always must pay attention to. And most behavior is multi-motivated, like you know, like I said before, nobody is motivated just by one single thing to survive. It's always a multitude of things. It's always behavior is a very complex thing. The human mind is a very complex thing. You can't bog it down with just one aspect of a person. It's always the whole of a person. You always got to look at everything in perspective. And that is simultaneously determined by more than one basic need. It is important to see how Maslow's five-stage model has been expanded to include uh, more cognitive and aesthetic needs and later transcendence needs. And so later on, there were changes to the original model. Uh, like he ended up adding things like biological and uh, psychological needs, um, which is a part of the old model, though. But... Um, other people do use this eight-stage model, but predominantly this was created in the 1960s and 70s. And most people, I mean, you can go by this, but just know that the original model, you know, I think is a much better fit because it encompasses a lot of this. This is just more like a detailed eight-step stage instead of a five-step stage. Um, so like the first, you know, thing on here for the first level of this pyramid, the eight stage pyramid is biological and psychological needs, which are air, food, drink, shelter, warmth, sex, and sleep. The second stage is safety needs, protection from elements, security, order, law, and stability. The third stage is love and belongingness needs, which deal with friendship, relationships, intimacy, trust, and acceptance, and being a part of a group, esteem needs, deal with uh, esteem for oneself and the desire for reputation. Uh, now, here's a new one. This is cognitive needs, which uh, deals with the knowledge and understanding and curiosity and exploration, which is the need for meaning and predictability, like knowing what's coming and not knowing what's not coming, essentially, and aesthetic needs which is the appreciation and search for beauty, balance, and form, which I think is important because, you know, as an artist, you want to be able to see the beauty in people, in the world, and in the things that you do and create. And then you get into self-actualization ease, which actually isn't the pinnacle on here, um, but it is right next to the pinnacle, which I'm about to get into. And self-actualization deals with realizing personal potential, self-fulfillment, seeking personal growth, and peak experiences, like I mentioned before. And then you get into um, the top of the eight-stage pyramid, which is transcendence needs. And these needs deal with um, how a person is motivated by values which transcend beyond the personal self, experiences and certain experiences within nature, aesthetic experiences, sexual experiences, service to others, and the pursuit of science, religion, or religious faith. And, uh, you know, just to add on more to the self-actualization bit, um, it, more so Maslow, instead of focusing on uh, psychopathology and what goes wrong with people, he did want to formulate a more positive account of human behavior, which focused on what goes right. Uh, and like I said before, he was always more interested in the potential and how we fulfill that potential. He did state more on that human motivation is based on people seeking fulfillment and change through personal growth. 
self-actualized people are always going to be those who are fulfilled and doing all they were capable of and nothing more. The growth of self-actualization, it refers to the need for personal growth and discovery that is present throughout a person's life. And for Maslow, a person is always becoming and never remains static in these terms. In self-actualization, a person becomes uh, more close to finding the meaning in life that is important to them. Just, you know, each individual is unique and the motivation for self-actualization changes within each and every person. And for some people, it can be achieved through creating works of art. And for some, it can be achieved through a corporate setting. It just all depends on what, um, which trajectory your life is going down. Uh, Maslow did believe that self-actualization could be measured through the concept of peak experiences. And he said that this only occurs when a person experiences the world for what it is and not what it isn't. Overall, um, you know, um, Maslow's hierarchy um, is not something you should follow for your entire life. It's just mainly a guide to show you like kind of where you're at. It's not to tell you what you should do or what you should not do. Um, for me personally, I find myself kind of a lot between stages three and four as, you know, I do have people that love me though, but I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I fully like am an extremely confident person though like i believe in certain things though but i can always improve in that aspect of myself and i would hope that you are as well and as far as like self-esteem though like i still deal with social anxiety issues to this day granted they're not as bad as they used to be but you know i still find it hard you know to fully express myself as i am because you know i still you know consistently think about what others think of me though and I still need to kind of learn how to get out of that more though and just focus more on being me and I hope that you know you do the same as well though and I, I do um hope that you use this pyramid that I explained to you to um, apply it to some of the things that you're doing whether that be um art education or uh, the job that you currently work at and you know, some advice I can give you to, you know, kind of get closer to becoming a more self-actualized person uh, is you need to learn how to accept yourself for what you are. You need to be spontaneous in your thought and action. Uh, be more problem-centered. Uh, laugh at yourself every once in a while. Uh, think creatively. Think outside of the box. Try to develop a deep appreciation for just the simple things in life. And uh, just keep a strong moral and ethical code, your own, um, but have a value system because that is very, very important, uh, you know. But uh, overall, though, um, I hope you did take something away from this. And uh, I hope, uh, you know, you can make your life more uh, fulfilling through uh, following and climbing up the pyramid. And before I go, I just want to tell you guys where you can find this podcast. You could listen to this podcast on anchor.fm slash Greg Talks. You could find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and a few other platforms, but those are the main platforms. Um, you can 
also view this episode in particular this Saturday on YouTube, as I always upload the episodes to YouTube every Saturday, particularly in the morning. And also, I did start up a Patreon, so you could find that um, on my main anchor page before you, uh, you know, click on the episode. Uh, the link to that is patreon.com slash Greg Talks. And, um, you know, if you want to support me on there, if you have the time and the financial means, uh, you can go ahead if you want to. Um, if you do join the first tier, uh, I will shout you out in my weekly episodes, week to week, for the entire month, not just for one episode. Uh, and if you join the $5 tier, uh, I will get you some, like, exclusive items, like show you some of the research and uh, where I find my topics. And, uh, you know, I might do some drawings as well. Let me get you some stickers, um, some merch, maybe. And uh, as far as, like, what I do offer on the Patreon, though, I was thinking about doing some uh, exclusive reviews or just some advice videos for uh, college students um, or high school students or just doing reviews on TV shows um, or just, you know, uh, telling you guys uh, something that you might want to learn how to do um, that you could use in some situation later on in life. But, uh, you know, uh, give me some suggestions. And then uh, if you do become a patron, a patron, uh, I will definitely uh, do that and create that, though, and make sure it's uh, something that you want to view as for thanks for, you know, assisting me in what I like to create. So uh, with that, I hope you guys um, are having a wonderful day um, or a wonderful week wherever you are, and I will see you next week with a new topic. See ya.